We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Madsen. I write about the 49ers at NinersWire.com. Joining me shortly is Chris Biederman. He covers the 49ers for the Sacramento Bee. Our midweek pod this week with the bye, we decided to focus in on Trey Lance because there's not a game to really look ahead to. So we brought in Mark Schofield. He is a writer for the NFL Wire. You can find his stuff at touchdownwire.com. He also podcasted a couple different places. He has a YouTube channel where he does video breakdowns, youtube.com slash Mark Schofield. That's S-C-H-O-F-I-E-L-D. He does some stuff for uh, blogging the boys, the Cowboys SB Nation site. He is everywhere, and he's one of the one of my favorite people to read about quarterbacks. I read him a ton pre-draft when we're looking at all the different prospects, and he always has a ton of good stuff to say. So uh, he wrote a piece about Trey Lance. He watched every snap from the 49ers-Cardinals game, and he wrote a piece called Eyes on Trey Lance. Uh, coming out on the losing end against the Arizona Cardinals, let's look at the good and the bad. So really, really fun conversation with him coming up. So enjoy that. Blue wire. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. All right, Mark Schofield's here. He writes over for the NFL Wire. You can find his stuff at touchdownwire.com. Mark, thanks for hopping in. You wrote something that interested me um, and is going to interest 49er fans. So like I said, check it out at touchdownwire.com. You watched Trey Lance's debut um, and you had some thoughts on it. So we're going to chat with you about that. Just let's, let's start here. What was your overall impression of Trey Lance before we kind of get to some of the nitty gritty. I mean, generally, look, I thought he looked like a rookie quarterback making his first NFL start. I mean, I, I think he could sort of start there. There were some things that he did that will require some improvement from both a mental perspective, from a ball placement and accuracy perspective. But these are things that were would be common with and are common with most rookie quarterbacks. You look around the landscape of the other four first round quarterbacks, they're going through some ups and downs as well. You look at some of the decisions that Lance made in this game, they need to be faster. 
But at the same time, he did some of the things that you expected to see from him from an athletic standpoint, from a velocity standpoint. He made some reads and throws in this game as the game wore on where you could see at moments when he was really comfortable with what he was seeing in the defensive side of things, when he was confident in the route concept that was called, he was able to make some good reads and throws on time in rhythm within the structure of the play. But there were other moments, particularly late in the game, where the eyes and the feet were set up right. He knew where he needed to go with the football. It just didn't come out quickly enough. And he's going to need to do that better going forward. I mean, you look at, for example, the 34 at the 758 mark, where he's late versus a zero blitz look. He's got the in cut, I think, to Ayuk. Safety's trying to play that from depth. Get the ball out. Like he, he sort of he's deliberate with it. And as a result, that window closes. And of course, it doesn't help that the throw is high. So Ayuk doesn't have a chance to make a play. Perhaps if the ball's out quicker, he can still catch that. But that window closes. Defender makes a play on the body and it falls incomplete. So those are some things that he's going to have to get faster at and, and clean up. But he's a rookie quarterback making his first NFL start. I saw a lot of the positives. There are also some things he needs to clean up. But that's to be expected with a rookie making his first start. I, I'm assuming you watched the the Seahawks game beforehand, right? Like last week when he, yeah. So what, in my opinion, I thought he showed a lot of improvement that there was a clear difference in, in the way he played. He looked like he benefited from a week of preparation and, and having the, the game plan, you know, sort of curtailed to his skill set. Um, well, what'd you, what'd you think stood out from, from that perspective in terms of the way he approved from one week to the next and do you think we could see similar levels of improvement if he is given another start at some point, whether it's after the buy or down the road? Absolutely. I, I think you're right, Chris, that you did see some improvement from that Seahawks appearance to what we saw against Arizona. And I think a lot of it, you could almost sum it up with the throw he had to Sanu, that third and 11 that got dropped, because that was one of those moments where I really felt, guys, he was comfortable with what he was seeing. It was a blitz look pre-snap. They drop off into zone. He's not panicking in that moment. I, I think there were a couple of times against Seattle where he saw similar sort of rotated looks where his pre-snap expectations are one thing. The post-snap picture is something completely different. And he's sort of in that deer in the headlights moment. Not on that play. Like, like he read that right. He saw the zone coverage. He knew, look, this is my window to throw it into. And he put that throw pretty much on the money with velocity. It was just play wasn't completed but that's a moment where you can say okay he's starting to figure things out now you need to stack those moments it's that third and four play that i talked to you know he had a, a second and 16 play where it was a similar situation this was in the third quarter it was like the seven minute mark where they sort of show pressure dropped his zone, and he's a little bit slower with his eyes so he needs to be consistent and stack those good plays in those moments where he gets one look pre-snap get something different post-snap, but it doesn't sort of really throw him off. And so there was certainly improvement from that Seattle game to the Arizona game. And that's what you want to see. I, I, I always harp on the idea that quarterback development isn't linear. You're going to have peaks and valleys, particularly for young quarterbacks, sometimes peaks and valleys in the course of a single game. And you saw that Sunday against Arizona. But when he plays next, will he be a little bit better than he was overall that he was against Arizona when he plays next after that will he continue to get just a little bit better each time out there will still be mistakes and things to clean up but overall is the trend in the right direction is that the kind of stuff that gets cleaned up in the classroom and running the scout team offense or do you think the best course of action if you're the 49ers and you're looking for him to develop is the stuff that he needs to develop stuff that gets done just by playing I, I think a lot of that is that sort of 
Kyle, that like reading of defenses, you know, there's only so much you can replicate when you're standing on the sidelines watching it. There's only so much you can replicate when you're getting that handful of reps as the backup quarterback during practice. There's no way to truly replicate what it's like to stand under center, to see what you think is cover zero, and then drop into the pocket and see it spun to cover three and then realize, okay, I thought pre-snap I'm throwing that backside X ISO go row. No, I can't throw that now. They've dropped to cover three. That's capped. I have to work this bunch flood concept, levels concept to the right side. Like you can just, you can walk through that on the sideline. You can walk through that in practice. You can walk through that in the classroom. It's another thing when you're doing that with JJ Water, Aaron Donald, like trying <laughs> to hurt you. Like that's the stuff that you have to get better at making those reads with enough time so that those guys can't get to you or making those reads quickly enough so you can take advantage of the rotation in the secondary. And so I've long maintained that Lance should be playing as much as possible this year because I think he's talented enough. He's familiar enough generally with the concepts of this offense, the, the overlap between what he was doing at NDSU and this Shanahan system that there's call, there are plays you can call. There's game scripts you can put together. There's scripted plays you can put together where he's going to be confident. Now it's time to like learn that other that other aspect to it, which isn't the classroom X's and O's, but applying those against real live defenses that really want to cause you physical harm and to do the things to quarterbacks that defenses like to do. One thing, uh, moving on to sort of the the physical act of of playing quarterback now for for Trey Lance, it's it seems like the release sort of goes back and forth, right? So it, it was kind of long coming in. Um, it was very clear that between the spring program and the start of training camp, the 49ers told him, hey, go work with John Beck on, on your release and your fundamentals. And it seems like sometimes during games, especially when he wants to make like a really hard throw and fit in a tight window, there's the big windup. He bends his knees. He puts a lot into it. And he's also had four or he had on Sunday four passes batted at the line of scrimmage. And I'm guessing there's a strong correlation between the length of his release and defenders reading it and being able to bat it down. So from that standpoint, to me, I would guess that that's probably an off-season project and, and something that's going to come away from, from just the, the rigors of the season. But what's, where do you stand on that in, in terms of how Trey can, can improve that part of his game? Because I think it's going to be an important one. Yeah, it will be an important one. It's something that, like you said, Chris, is going to be an off-season project. It's really hard in season when you're putting together game plans, when you're getting ready to play face-to-face -face opponents, when you're installing things and, you know, packages you got to get into and get out of for a given game to also be tinkering with your mechanics. Like, it's like, you know, you're playing around a golf and you're pulling everything left. That's not the time to change your swing. The time it's to change your swing is – Oh, yeah, it's not? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know what it's like, right? Yeah, yeah, when yeah. You've got the other three people in your force. I'm saying, oh, you got to do this, this, this. No, you play your round and then you get to the range and work on that stuff. It's, it's the same thing for quarterbacks. So it's going to be an off-season thing with, with guys like John Beck, with guys like Quincy Avery, to sort of get that release point to a consistent – repeatable plays, you know, the throw in motion and in many ways is like the golf swing. You want it to be, you know, when everything's clean in the pocket, a nice, smooth, repeatable motion release point consistently where it needs to be. Sometimes look, you know, and Kyle talked about, he had the four passes batted down two were on Lance, two were directly on Lance. You know, the other two Kyle said they were protection issues that need to get squared out. And that's also something where, you know, Lance needs to get a little bit better at that you know, set in protections pre-snap. There are a couple of plays where they slip protection one way, there were overload looks to the other side, and you had some pressure in his face as a result. 
yeah, it's something that the rookie quarterback's got to get used to doing. Um, but that release point, that consistent release point, and tightening up the mechanics is like you said, Chris, very loopy, elongated. You know, when he was at NDSU, they worked on it. So it was better going into training camp. But training camp, games, preseason games, that's when muscle memory takes over. And so you start to get a little bit away from what you learned. You have to relearn that. And then what you really want to see is next season, season three, when the games start for real and, you know, the guys are flying around you, the good habits stick, right? You don't see the revert to the loopy throw in motion and things like that. So it's going to be an ongoing process. Quarterbacks work on their mechanics all the time. Tom Brady at 44 years young, works on his mechanics all the time. Like it's something you always have to be working on. It will be an ongoing process for Lance like it is for all these other quarterbacks. 49ers football is finally back. It's in full swing. And maybe you want to get out to a game. Well, there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find 49ers tickets anymore. That's right. Put the Google away. Put the Ask Jeeves away or whatever search engine you're using because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K, P-I-C-K is the original no fee ticket site. And the only one that you will ever need is your go-to for all NFL tickets. See what TickPick did and it's brilliant. They got rid of all those awful service fees that other ticket sites charge. You know where you find these super cheap tickets, but then all the service fees end up costing more than the actual ticket. Yeah, none of that with TickPick. It allows them to guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. And if you don't believe it, If you can find a better price for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. So the 49ers are on the road in week five. They're off week six, but then check this out. Week seven at home, Sunday night football in the Bison Bowl, as Chris named it. Trey Lance against Carson Wentz is a very real possibility, and you're going to want to be in Levi Stadium for that. It's Sunday night football. It's going to be electric. I can't wait to be there. The atmosphere at Levi Stadium for night games, if you haven't experienced it yet, you need to because it's unbelievable. I know Chris will be there in the press box. I'll be there in the press box. And when it, when that stadium gets rocking, the press box shakes a little bit. And yeah, it's a little scary, but it's also awesome. So, so visit tickpick.com slash candlestick today and use the promo code candlestick to save $10 on your first order of 49ers tickets. We'll see you at Levi Stadium. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So one of the things that Chris and I talk about a lot, and I think it's just kind of a general topic of, of conversation in 49ers land is, is Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance and what the 49ers are trying to do here. They're starting Jimmy Garoppolo because they think he gives them the best chance to win the Super Bowl, which means delaying this development for Trey Lance by not playing him. And Kyle Shanahan's come out and said that a guy playing is the best way for him to develop. Is Jimmy Garoppolo, in your opinion, good enough to warrant delaying Trey Lance's development? I mean, from where I sit, no. I mean, I'm firmly of the mind that Trey Lance is the future and you've got to you've got to start working on that developmental process sooner rather than later. I mean, because we all know the economics of today's NFL. We all know the value in that rookie quarterback under that cost control deal. When you can start to build a roster around him, taking advantage of that economic situation. Now, obviously with Garoppolo's contract, it's not the same as teams like the Jets or teams even like the Patriots where they have the rookie quarterback and they can spend money elsewhere. So it's a little bit different, but you still want to get, Trey Lance to the point where when you eventually, like we all expect, move on from Jimmy Garoppolo, he's ready to go. You don't want to then start the developmental clock and basically burn a year of that rookie cost control deal. And so in my mind, you know, that's why I was saying, look, as soon as he's ready to go, you play him. Like as soon as he's ready to go, you play him, you get him figuring this stuff out because it might take more time than you expect. We've been spoiled by guys like Mahomes, by Justin Herbert, who have looked great when they got their shot. Oftentimes it's not like that. Oftentimes it might look more like Josh Allen, where you've got to go through two years or perhaps even longer of him figuring things out before he's where you hope he would be when you drafted him, when you traded up to go get him. And so if you burn a year and then you got two or maybe three years, you're facing that fifth year option decision and you might not know yet if he's the guy or not. So you've got to get ahead of this. And so is Jimmy Garoppolo good enough in a vacuum? I'd say he's not good enough to warrant delay his development, but in this situation, I'd say even more so he's not good enough to delay Trey Lance's development. You drafted Trey Lance for your future. You've got to start building that future now. So the other side of that conversation, and and just to be clear, I didn't tell you to say all of those things because that's largely the same take like that I've verbatim, had. right? <laughs> um, Chris, so, Chris, I know what I got to do when we get off there. I'll send okay. everything. <laughs> Checks in the good. mail. We're good. Checks in the mail. Um, but conversely, you know, there's a the the conversations a lot about you know developing Trey Lance, but it's also a roster that believes it can contend right now. Right. So is Jimmy Garoppolo good at it? 
do, do you think the 49ers have a better chance at, at contending or getting to the playoffs with Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback? Or do you think they could also do that while developing Trey Lance? I mean, I think there's an opportunity to do that while developing Trey Lance. And, and obviously, look, it's going to rely more on defense, run game, play action stuff, using Lance as a runner and maybe doing some things that don't fully develop him. You know, you're not just asking him to drop back 40 times a game and, and read defenses. So you might stunt his growth somewhat if you try to make a run with Trey Lance. But at the same time, I just keep coming back to the idea. And, you know, as a Patriots guy, I've got the Patriots banner right there, right? You saw what the Patriots did this offseason. They draft Mac Jones. They have Cam Newton. They decide we're burning the boats. We're just going to move on from Cam Newton. There's right. no turning back now. Max, the guy, sink or swim. And they're going through some ups and downs right now. There's a lot of consternation, a lot of heartburn about Mac Jones and how well he's playing. But he's the guy. They, they've, they've just decided, look, we love this roster. People were telling me in that within that building this summer, we love 21 of 22 positions right now. We're not sure about quarterback. But once they decided that, look, we're going all in on Matt Jones, this was a building, this was an organization that thought they were good enough to contend in the AFC. They were good enough to contend in the AFC East, even with Buffalo. But we want to develop Matt Jones. So we're going to go all in on this kid and hope we can do enough around him. I think it's somewhat similar in, in San Francisco where, you know, could Jimmy Garoppolo do some things that Trey Lance can't do right now? Yeah. But could Trey Lance do some things right now that Jimmy Garoppolo can't? Absolutely. I think with that being the situation – you try to develop this rookie. And if you can make a run while doing so, fantastic. Is this might be aiming too high. And I've tried to like reel in because <laughs> the big thing was, okay, well, it's just the Alex Smith, Patrick Mahomes situation. It's like, well, it's not because the Chiefs had Patrick Mahomes. Like putting that on Trey Lance is probably not super right. fair. Is is should the 49ers do what we all expect and move on from Jimmy Garoppolo this offseason? And they just kind of continue what they've done. Lance plays a few snaps here, a few snaps there, and maybe gets one more, two more starts. Would you foresee him coming out like Mahomes did in year two? Or do you think we see more of a Josh Allen year two, uh, just a name you brought up earlier, where it's a little more up and down in the early going? I mean, I, I think that's probably the path that this will go down. I mean, as as much as I'm a fan of Trey Lance, um, I'm not sure you're getting a Mahomes, you know, his right. second year. Because that was, he had a year to sit, and Mahomes is an alien. Like, I think we can all sort of agree that, um, even though he's going through some ups and downs right now. I mean, again, quarterbacks have these ups and up and down sort of moments. But I think with Lance, one year at the FCS level, one showcase game, now he's making the jump to the NFL. It's a very similar path from, to Josh Allen. And they're very similar in that they're like raw, athletic, toolsy with a huge arm. Both quarterbacks, have or will go through those moments where the arm is a blessing and a curse. It was for Josh Allen early in his career because there were moments where he felt he could take that extra second in the pocket and read something and still get throws there on time because of that velocity he can generate. Most of the time he was able to get away with it, but not always. And so he had to go through that feeling out process of, okay, well, my arm is great, but there are still times that I have to get faster with my mind plays against green Bay, for example, come to mind thinking about that with Josh Allen, it'll be the same thing with Lance. There will be moments where he'll think, look, I can fit this throw into this window, taking an extra half second to read it out because of my arm. And the, that window is going to close before the ball gets there. So he's going to have to go through that feeling out process. So I think the Allen comparison does make a lot of sense. And I think ultimately if the development's handled right, you might see Lance playing at the level that Josh Allen was playing at last year that he's playing at right now, playing at an MVP level 
that's the whole model, I think, for Trey Lance. I was muted. Uh, I, I want to ask you about Trey's running because um, one thing that's really interesting always with mobile quarterbacks is how they balance sort of using their mobility as a crutch versus, um, you know, really having an understanding of when they should sit in the pocket and throw, when they should scramble to another spot so they can, you know, find another launch point to make a throw versus just trying to scramble to, to, to make yards. Um, I thought, all things considered after rewatching that he did a pretty good job in that department in terms of like, all right, this is when I should scramble. This is when I should try to make a throw. Obviously not all the throws were perfect, but I'm just curious what, what you thought of his decision-making process and his running and also sort of the physical toll that he took given that now he has a knee injury after <laughs> running. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to actually, I was going to start there. I'm glad you mentioned that because I, I like the fact that he's competitive. I like the fact that he's aggressive. I like the fact he thinks he can like run people over in the open field and stuff. It's a Willie Mays Hayes situation. That's great. Don't ever do it again. Like it's, <laughs> it's fantastic that you could do it. It's, I like to see the effort. Look, if we're talking about a fourth and five situation and you're scrambling to win a playoff game in the fourth quarter, like, okay, you can put the body on the line. It's week five. Like you've got to pick your spots as a quarterback to put the body on the line. An example here is Lamar Jackson. One of the things Lamar is so good at is protecting himself. There are moments like last night where he dove for the goal line where you've got to put the body on the line, and I understand it. But there are also moments when he's in the open field and he thinks he might there might be a window to hit this for a home run play, but he'll dip out of bounds because he's afraid of taking a shot. You've got to learn to protect yourself. And this is something that Lance was a physical runner at NDSU, and he could get away with it, but NFL is a different story. So the physical nature to it, he's going to have to learn to tame that back a bit. But I think you're right for the most part, Chris. Like, he did a pretty good job, and you're right. Sometimes athletic quarterbacks, it could be a, a crutch, sort of that blessed and cursed disguise discussion we just had with the arm strength, right? Because you feel you can just – I don't like what I see. I can pull it down and get yardage. I don't like what I see. I can pull it down and extend and create and the scramble drill. Well, at some point, you're going to make throws from the pocket. At some point, you're going to read stuff out. And Lance did a pretty good job of balancing that. The interception, he had a window to throw that – Carl earlier to Benjamin, he pulled it down. Then he, then he kept the eyes downfield, and they decided to throw it late. Like that's a moment where I would have loved to have seen him make that throw initially. Um, and then he tries a late throw on the move, and it's off target, intercepted. So, again, balance and point to all of this. But I think you're right, Chris. For the most part, he did a pretty good job of that on Sunday. I compared it to golf a little bit, like you did, where the first few times I went out and and played golf, I was just trying to stack up good shots. Like my first round, it was like two or three good shots. I'm like, I'm taking those with me. If you were doing that with Lance, was it a normal amount of good plays? Was it more than typical, less than typical? I think it was a normal amount of good plays. And and you know, I've got the grade sheet that I have for him in front of me, and I have more good plays than bad. I've got like three plays that I really graded negatively uh, from him. There was the interception. Um, there was that second and 16 situation, the, the third and four we talked about as well. Those were the, th the three that I thought, look, these, these are pretty bad. Like he's got to clean stuff up there. You know, I, I had a lot more plays that I liked. And so I think it, it was a normal to, I'd say, above average amount of good plays, especially when you consider the context, rookie quarterback making his first start against a team and a defense that is unbeaten right now, only unbeaten team in the league and a defense that is doing some really creative things on the defensive side of the football. So I think that's why, by and large, I was mostly impressed, you know, and as somebody that was a 49ers and Joe Montana fan before I was a Patriots fan, 
Like I, I, it, I was excited to see it. I'm excited about the future of the quarterback position in Trey Lance's hands. Was it perfect? No. Like are, are there things he has to prove improve upon? Absolutely. But I think it's one of the, to use the golfing analogy, there's no reason to put the clubs, you know, in mothballs, like keep going out there, keep swinging. There's a reason to go back to the course. I mean, every time I play, I just want one shot where I can feel like, okay, this is why I spent all this money on these weapons, you know, to <laughs> dig myself out of a sand trap. And Lance had far more good ones than bad on Sunday. Awesome. Mark, uh, that was terrific stuff. Thanks so much for taking your time out on a uh, Tuesday evening. Uh, I know you're super busy, so uh, get back to it. And thanks so much, man. Thanks so much, guys. Always a blast. Yeah, and check out Mark's work on Touchdown Wire and his uh, his Trey Lance piece is a really good one. So it's worth reading and uh, yeah, giving that, giving that one a look.